is at Angeles. We're now in season four, episode 50 of this podcast. And this time we'll be discussing another interesting topic about the truth behind data science. For today's podcast episode, we have invited Krishna Tanwani, Managing Director from Analytics Incorporated based from Manila, Philippines as he explains to us the significant relevance of data science to our digital economy so let's get started Thank you for listening to Fin Circle and welcome to our podcast. The Philippines has strived to adopt more artificial intelligence as it has the potential to boost the Philippine economy by 92 billion US dollars by 2030. The Department of Trade and Industry has stated that new technologies such as artificial intelligence, can help the country survive in a post-pandemic environment. The government and the business sector are collaborating to grow AI technology in the country, and they are optimistic that the Philippines will become a significant data processing hub, and AI will become a new industry in the country. According to a Nikkei Asia article, the Philippines lags behind the United States and China in adopting AI technology with a significant investment deficit, leaving the country two to three years behind. Countries that are more networked and have a greater digital penetration would have a stronger foundation for embracing AI. According to McKinsey, the Philippines has an average degree of AI adoption 
compared to other Southeast Asian countries. However, the Philippines needs more scientists and engineers to make this a reality. According to Asian Development Bank, AI can potentially add 92 billion US dollars to the Philippine economy by 2030. Vietnam is one of the fastest growing digital economies in ASEAN, with its GDP expanding rapidly. The government has deployed AI in various industries, including education, telecommunications, retail, and healthcare. And all of these firms have consistently dominated the market and profited reasonably well. Singapore is another ASEAN country that has legalized AI adoption and enjoying its uh, significant benefits economically. The commercial sector in the Philippines is responding to the drive for AI and data adoption by collaborating with the government and educational institutions like universities and colleges to create AI technologies. However, several challenges need to be addressed. And the AI strategy roadmap made by the Department of Trade and Industry noted that there are structural challenges that the country is lagging in terms of research and development, for instance, and AI investment is the lowest among the significant ASEAN economies. There's also a lack of understanding among businesses on how to adapt to drive a digital transformation. While white papers are available on how companies can use data science and artificial intelligence, the cultural bridge and technical know-how on the trade-offs and gains are not fully understood. The educational institutions is the pillar in driving research, innovation, and education. However, only a handful of universities are taking notice of the global change of including AI and data science in their academic offerings. While the term AI or artificial intelligence and data science was coined in 1956 and 1974 respectively, the acceleration of data availability and the scale for increased computing did not happen until the early 2010s. And the buzzword for data science didn't start blazing till 2012 when an article from Harvard Business Review called it as the sexiest job of the 21st century. Western schools immediately started opening additional uh, computer science, engineering, and statistics specializations to cater to this new trend of data professionals. Well, it did not happen for the Philippines until 2019. 
But what about the schools in the provinces or remote areas, as well as the independent cities outside of the metro? We also have to remember that schools are businesses as well. That depends on market demand and currently software development. Networking and web technologies are staples. This vacuum has led some data enthusiasts to look for online scholarship to learn data science in the UK, for instance, as well as in the US and elsewhere. So the opportunities are limited to certain institutions in the Philippines. The Philippines still lags behind other ASEAN countries regarding artificial intelligence and data adoption. However, this area has much growth potential and the government and the private sector are working together to make it happen. The Commission on Higher Education, for instance, are very much active in doing so and must also close the gap by offering more courses and specializations in AI and data science not only in the metro but also outside while the artificial intelligence roadmap is in place we also need legislations to help to adopt an AI strategy and update as well as the 2020-2012 data privacy laws so as to protect the Filipinos both in data as well as its personal and creative so let's make this happen In today's podcast episode, we'll be talking to the Managing Director of Analytics Incorporated, Krishna Tanwani, based from Manila, Philippines, as he shares with us his remarkable views on the truth behind data science and its significant relevance to our digital economy. It's a great privilege to have you, Krishna, and welcome to FinCircle. Thank you, Edgar. I'm happy to be here as well. Let's probably start by defining on what is data science and its value proposition to our digital economy. Sure. So we can actually start with the dictionary definition of what data science is. So if you look it up, it's actually the interdisciplinary, you know, uh, it's a combination, right, of three different interdisciplinary fields, which are namely math and statistics, computer programming, including machine learning, AI, and domain knowledge. Uh, and we use these different fields for the purpose of extracting insights and knowledge from data. Now, I like to define it or take this definition a bit further. And I say, you know, it's the use of all these different fields and technologies to extract insights and knowledge from data for a practical and impactful purpose. So I think that's the, the key differentiator that when we talk about data science, there needs to be an objective, there needs to be a purpose, we need to extract an impact out of it and it's not just you know using technology for the sake uh, of using technology uh, and you know moving forward to that question on the you know what is the value proposition for our digital economy 
you know, I think it's very relevant, especially now that we're living in you know, really the age of data science and AI. You know, over the past you know couple of years or decades, we've you know, had this boom where there's data everywhere. We're collecting you know so much data through all these different uh, you know, platforms, fintech initiatives, you know, technologies, e-commerce. So we're we're collecting so much data, and this is the right time for us to maximize the use of of data science across all these different uh, aspects. So I think the key value proposition about, you know, of data science, not just to our digital economy, but even beyond that, is that it, it can help us make better decisions, right? When we, make, uh, when we make decisions that are based on the truth or facts that are, you know, actually, you know, defined by the data that we're using, it can help us make better decisions, which could potentially lead to better outcomes and, you know, I guess more success for organizations and individuals alike. What are the present hurdles of data science in general and your relevant takeaways from these underlying challenges? So, you know, data science, like with any other field, you know, has its own set of challenges, has its own set of hurdles. And there are a lot of different ways or aspects that you can look at it. So one of the, you know, I would say key hurdles that we've seen over the past uh, few years, you know, dealing with, with different clients is that uh, one of the bigger hurdles is the lack of understanding or an appreciation of what data science is, uh, which is why I'm really glad we started with the definition. So there is, you know, a lot of uh, misconceptions. There's a lot of myths surrounding data science. You have, you know, those that think it can solve, you know, every problem out there, while you have those that think it's just, you know, uh, it's just a hype or it's just a trend, it's a passing trend. So I think, you know, one of the biggest hurdles is understanding that you know it, its value, uh, its capabilities, what it can and it can't do is, is very crucial to that. So you know, creating that awareness, creating that, or educating you know, everyone from leaders and executives down to different team members about what data science is can already help address that particular hurdle. Now, on the other side, you also have you know, general hurdles. You might have an organization, you might have a company that's interested in pursuing data science you know, for their organization but they might encounter challenges with, you know, do they have the data that they can use to solve the problem? Do they have the right type of data? Is it in a prepared state? So, you know, it's a combination really of, you know, organization, uh, culture related challenges, as well as, you know, technology, uh, technology and data related challenges. So of course, on the data side, you know, the, uh, for companies that are looking to embark on data science initiatives, they would need to have the data. And if they don't, of course, they do have options for that. They can you know, purchase data from data vendors. They can embark on a data collection initiative. And they can you know, also invest some time and energy into ensuring that they're collecting you know, the right type of data and you know, focusing on that. So you know, these are the key takeaways from the challenges. And I think the main uh, or the primary takeaway is that for organizations and companies alike to extract the most impact out of data science initiatives is that they need to understand and actually, uh, you know, if they're able to understand the results from these initiatives or, you know, the results from these projects to apply it for a practical, impactful purpose in their organization. I understand, Krishna, that you are part of this innovative fintech company called Analytics Incorporated. Perhaps you can tell us more about it. Uh, yes, I'd be happy to. So I'm actually the co-founder of Analytics Inc., yeah, Analytics is a data science training and consulting company. 
uh, where we work with clients across industries. So we work with banks, uh, insurance companies, FMCGs, uh, global professional services, and you know just really uh, clients across you know different or wide array of industries. So we we help these organizations, we help these enterprises develop their data science strategies. We help them craft you know data science roadmaps that they can use to you know apply or to embark on different use cases for their organization. Uh, and we also provide training and enablement services for the entire organization. So one of our flagship uh, ed- training programs for data science is what we call the Analytics Data Science Citizenship Program. And it's really designed to provide training to, you know, for all the key members of an organization, from your you know, leaders and executives down to your team, department heads and team heads and your team members as well. So uh, one of the early learnings that we had or one of the key insights that we've uh, experienced or you know extracted over the years by dealing with several clients is that you know a lot of the times the focus of data science tends to be siloed with a particular team or it's you know it tends to be within you know just one department maybe the analytics department in an or- organization but what we're realizing and where we see data science moving forward is that it has to be integrated you know into every department the whole organization should have an understanding of this so the data science uh, citizenship program that we've developed is actually targeted towards resolving or you know uh, solving that particular challenge or that issue. So it's you know we start off with an introductory session where we train you know the executives, the leaders, department heads, team members on you know what is data science, what can it accomplish, um, what's needed from them because a lot of the time you know the misconception about data science is that you know, it's a purely technical skill or we just lump it together with, you know, analysis or, or IT. Uh, but the reality is, is that it's working together, you know, the business and the data scientists working together to achieve that purpose, to achieve that impact. So it's very important also for leaders and executives to have a good grasp of it, a good understanding of it, wherein they know what, you know, they can manage their expectation, they know what's achievable, and they also know how they can help their team to, you know, to help them, right, get those results, get that impact. Uh, then, you know, after the introductory session, we move on to your department leads and heads wherein they can focus now on more of a data analyst track. So a lot of your team members, you know, not everyone has to develop these complex machine learning models to get insights from the data. A lot of them can benefit from, you know, doing some exploratory data analysis, doing data storytelling and visualization to extract insights from the data. So that's a useful skill for really, you know, departments and teams to have that that capability. And, you know, lastly, we then focus on those that want to take that technical capability another step forward. And that's where we can cover the machine learning and all these other advanced technologies that they can use to, uh, you know, to apply for their businesses. So it really covers uh, what we like to call end-to-end organization-wide, you know, data science training. And that's really our mission at Analytics. We want to, you know, spread uh, the message of data science. We want to inspire and encourage individuals and organizations of all sizes to develop this data-driven mindset. And that's the primary way in which we we do that. Heterogeneous sources often make it difficult for data scientists to gather meaningful insights. Does what specific methodology that you leverage on to analyze the generation of big data from multiple sources? 
Uh, that's actually a pretty good problem to have if you have a lot of data sources that you can work with and a good variety of data. So I'll focus first on the, the methodology, right? So what methodology do we use uh, as data scientists? How do we approach this type of problem solving? So one of the standard methodologies that we use as data scientists is called the CRISP-DM methodology. It stands for cross-industry process, uh, cross-industry standard process for data mining, right? That's really a mouthful there. But what you need to understand about this process is that, or this methodology, is that although it's followed from the, you know, a related field of data mining, we do tend to see that it's also applicable uh, to the data science process. And the reason why I mentioned that specific methodology is because even a lot of the offshoots that have come out after this or the other methodologies that you look at tend to take their inspiration from this methodology. Now, the crucial thing that makes this methodology appropriate, I believe not just for data mining, but also for data science, is that the first step that you take when you apply this methodology is what we call business understanding. So it doesn't start from the, the data. It doesn't start from the technologies or the tools that you'll be using, it actually starts from understanding the business, understanding what are the objectives of the business, understanding what is the impact that they're looking for, right? And I think, you know, related to that is when you follow this methodology, it helps put some perspective, it helps put some order in your approach to solving data science problems. So one of the bigger challenges and that, you know, brought about by this question is that we do have a lot of data available out there. We have a lot of variety, we have different types of data, we have different structures of data. But if we have that objective, that key objective, key business objective, as sort of our North Star or guiding principle, it helps us understand which data would be relevant or you know, relevant for that particular use case, or which data can add value to that. So I would say that would be the primary way in which we can you know, apply this methodology and really use that business understanding, business objective as our, our guiding principle. That's a very good point, uh, Krishna. How do you manage to communicate data results to a non-technical stakeholders? And what are the most effective way of translating this set of information for them to make an informed decision? Uh, I really love this question because I think this one question highlights uh, or will really help uncover the truth about data science and what it really is. So one of the biggest challenges is uh, you know, when it comes to data science is that there really is a gap of understanding or information between you know, your non-technical stakeholders or your key decision makers and your data science teams. And the gap really lies because a lot of the times they have a different understanding of what data science is they have different, you know, objectives or purposes for approaching those problems. So, you know, in fact, just a quick uh, anecdote as well is that when we started out in the consulting business, uh, primarily our function was to act as a translator, uh, a translator between the data science teams and the, the business and the executives. And we were just there to manage or to fill in that gap. And later on, there was an entire career dedicated to this where we, we call it the analytics translator and their job is primarily that they sit between you know the business or which tend to be your non-technical stakeholders and your data science team so the key thing to remember is that when we and you know again going back to the point on the business objective the entire purpose of going or embarking on a data science initiative or exercise 
is to achieve right or use these insights for a practical and impactful purpose. And that should always be the purpose, right? So there should always be an objective, something that we're trying to solve. So a lot of the time, especially for data scientists that are just new in the field or that have just entered the industry, their focus tends on using the, you know, what's the most complex technology that we can use? What's the most complex machine learning model uh, that we can use to solve this problem or the most complex AI technologies that we can, um, you know, solve, use to solve that problem. But they tend to be missing the point because, you know, all the way we view it, right, from a data science perspective, the way we view machine learning and AI and all these other tools and technologies are really tools to help us achieve that purpose, right? And it's not the purpose in itself, uh, or that's not the end goal to develop more complex technology. So the way that we communicate this, this, these data results to non-technical stakeholders is that when we embark on a data science initiative, there are two key ways in which we evaluate the success of a project. Right? So we do have a set of metrics and evaluation metrics that we use as data scientists to maybe determine right, objectively how well is this machine learning model performing, you know, what's the accuracy, how much, you know, you know, what's the performance level of this? And, and I can throw in some technical terms, right? We can use like, okay, what's the R squared of this machine learning model? What's the, you know, AUC, ROC of this machine learning model? And if you throw these terms to any non-technical stakeholders or your executives, you'll lose them right off the bat, right? Because for them, they, it, it's not about a lack of appreciation. It's just that, you know, they'll always ask the question, so what, right? What does this mean for their business? So in every, for every data science project, we also have a different set of evaluation metrics that are primarily geared towards the business. So for example, you know, a non-technical stakeholder might not appreciate that, you know, my machine learning model has an R squared of 90 or 0.9, right? It means nothing to them. But if you tell them on average, my model is off by about $500 when I'm predicting a price of a, a certain item, that's something they can understand. That's something they can appreciate. Right. So we do have a set of metrics that are focused on, uh, on helping them appreciate the results of the machine learning model. Right. So the biggest advice that I would say, you know, when it's communicating any sort of data results to non-technical stakeholders is translate it in a language that they understand. And more often than not, that language is dollars and cents. Right. What is the business impact of using this model? What's my potential savings? What's my potential... Uh, you know, risk or loss when I'm using this machine learning model or if I embark on this project. So it's really about translating all the results that you get from your, you know, your machine learning model to your whatever, you know, models or AI that you're using in a way that your key stakeholders and key decision makers can understand them. And this is very crucial because it's also important to remember that when we, you know, embark on a data science initiative or project, the end result that we're looking for is to make better decisions. And usually the consumers of that intelligence, the consumers of, you know, the insights from your model and, and your data are really non-technical uh, stakeholders or key decision makers. So it's very crucial that they understand how best to use your model, how best to apply the results. And, you know, this is really a game changer. A lot of the times when we you know, consult with the data science team, just telling them that, you know, hey, maybe translate it or just this is how you present your results leads to a variety of, uh, or just lessens the heartbreak a lot for, for a lot of these data science projects. So that would be my, my primary advice 
stuff for this. From your perspective, Krishna, where are we now in terms of data security? And where do you think we are heading? So when it comes to data security, I think there's two perspectives in which we can look at this. One could be from you know a consumer perspective, where our uh, you know we're the organization we're using the data of you know uh, of people, of our customers, of our stakeholders. Right? We have we're the consumers of that data. We're using that for some primary purpose. And the other perspective would be the general public, where it's our data that's being used. For, for these you know services to improve or you know to build out these models to build out these predictive models recommendation engines and whatnot so I think currently in terms of data security there's definitely a lot more awareness about it both from you know a company standpoint and also the individual standpoint I think you know over the past few years with the uh, the, the scandals involving you know social media and how it's been used to, to manipulate us and also with the data breaches and ransomware attacks that we've been experiencing over the past few years, I think there's this realization that data has value, right? Data has value, our data has value. So we're more aware that we know now, you know, as individuals that our data is being used for these purposes and we might take some precautions now to actually protect it, right? So that awareness is now creating this, uh, this sort of space we're in you know, do I want to give this particular company my data? Will they take care of it? What will they use it for? And, you know, that understanding or, or that uh, particular awareness is you know, causing a, a small shift in behavior. Whereas before, everyone just freely would give out their data to, you know, to avail of these services. Now, from a company standpoint, and I think this is crucial, right? When we talk about security or a company talking about security, Usually, it's about protecting their assets. And I think for the longest time, uh, you know, although data was viewed as somewhat of an asset, it was never viewed purely as that, right? It was more of, okay, we're collecting, you know, data through our ERP systems for the purpose of you know, just, rec uh, you know, recording purposes or for reporting purposes. But it was never that the data that we have is an asset that's really valuable. So I think now more and more companies are realizing the value of that, especially if you look at, you know, the explosion of ChatGPT in the past, you know, few months or past year. And now there's this talk about how, you know, they were using copyright materials or materials that might be proprietary. So I think there's more awareness also for organizations that there is value in the data that we have. And uh, for me personally, I, you know, I believe that this awareness is now creating more of a need on how do we protect this data? How do we properly ensure that you know, we're not just protecting it from a cybersecurity standpoint, but also from an ethical standpoint, how we use it, how we use the results of these insights, you know, for servicing our customers better. How do we protect it from a standpoint where, you know, if that data gets out there, how can our, you know, how can we protect those that are affected by it? So I think it's, you know, the explosion in AI data science over the past few years have started this discussion in data security. I think it's a good thing. Uh, a lot of the times when we talk about, you know, security and protection and cybersecurity, uh, it's usually after the fact, after something big has happened. But I think for companies, they should start thinking about how do they protect or view data as an asset, you know, take it more seriously, make sure not that they're just collecting this information, but it's also stored in a secure space uh, where, you know, it's protected. So I think that's the, uh, where I think this is headed uh, in terms of data security. What have you observed, uh, Krishna, in terms of AI adoption in the Philippines as compared to other countries in the Asia-Pacific region? 
Okay, so this is something that's very close to us. We've worked with clients in the Philippines. We've worked with clients across across the region. So we've seen, you know, uh, the key differences, at least in how they approach, you know, AI adoption. Uh, I feel, you know, at least from our experience in the Philippines, there's always been an interest around AI. So even if we're talking about, you know, over a decade ago, there were big data events. You know, there's a lot of interest that was all, always, uh, you know, surrounding AI. But I would say, like, till today, it's only a handful of organizations that I can say have truly adopted AI into their processes, into their systems, into their, into their organization culture, right? Or, or using these tools, using data science to actually, well, you know, achieve something and not just trying it out for the heck of it. So I feel in terms of adoption, yes, there might be a bit of a lag, but there's an improvement because now what's been happening is that a lot of these other more traditional companies that are you know, used to running things, I would say more or less traditionally, traditional ways of decision-making, some still rely on gut feel and you know, that type of approach are now seeing their competitors or more younger companies embracing these technologies and actually succeeding and thriving. So I think that's causing you know, a little bit of a fear of missing out in these organizations, which is good because it's also going to force them or speed up that adoption. So I think uh, currently in terms of AI adoption, there's still a way to go about it. And there's still a long way to go, but we're heading in the right direction because now companies are taking this a bit more seriously. Uh, with our Asia Pacific neighbors, I would say that, you know, I think when it comes to the adoption of AI and data science, we can look at it from a country level, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, it boils down to the organization itself. So if an organization is, you know, innovative, if they're willing to take a risk on a new technology, willing to give it a chance, willing to test it out even, uh, that's something that, that we've seen varies in a per organization level. So even across the region where you have you know, companies in Singapore, some might still be, you know, although they will be more, um, more willing to try new technologies, some will still be hesitant in terms of actually, you know, or immediately integrating it, of course, into their processes and the like. So I feel that, you know, if you look at it across the region, it still boils down to what are the, you know, the mission or the values of the organization so that they can, you know, and that really is what drives the AI adoption. If they have a culture of innovation, then it tends to be a lot quicker. If they have, you know, if they're a bit more reserved uh, or if they're a bit more conservative, then of course it will take a while to get to that adoption because they'd want to run several tests before they actually do that. How do you foresee, uh, Krishna, the future of data science? And what should be our realistic expectation on this regard? So there, this may sound a little bit biased, so just for, you know, just preparing you for the, for the answer, but, you know, I think the future of data science is very bright. In fact, uh, for me, the way I perceive the future of data science is that, you know, right now, I think I mentioned this earlier, it's sort of siloed out, you know, it's treated as a separate initiative, separate, you know, engagement for, for all these organizations. But the way I see the future of it is that data science should be integrated into every department of the organization. Everyone should know about it. Everyone should know how they can apply it for their own fields, for their own domain. So I foresee it becoming a more important, in fact, you know, right now, I think it's still at that phase where it's in between this nice to have and need to have, but the future of it is going to be that, you know, everyone will need to have data science in their organization. Because if your competitors are making better decisions using data and you're left behind, or even, you know, if you're an individual, 
and you're competing with others that are using, you know, all these advanced technologies tools to make better decisions, then you could be left behind, right? So the future of data science is bright. I think everyone should at least have a general understanding of it or appreciation of it because the way I see it, you know, we're going to have it integrated into uh, really every aspect, every department, every facet of, of our lives in the future. Uh, in terms of a realistic expectation in this regard, uh, one thing that I, you know, one of the bigger misconceptions I think with data science and AI in general is that, you know, this move towards what we call a general artificial intelligence or general AI. So, you know, what comes to mind is like the Terminator of, of the world, right? Or these different types of scary technology. So there's really a lot of fear mongering around uh, data science and AI. But, you know, realistically, the way we view AI, the, the way we view all these technologies is that ultimately, you know, the tools and technologies, they don't have a mind of their own. They don't have, they're not good or bad, right? In essence but it's how we use them that makes all the difference. And I think the same thing can be applied to data science and AI, right? These are just tools, technologies, depending on how we use them, that will ultimately decide, right? If we're doing something good with them or bad with them. And, you know, the more that this is democratized, the more that everyone is using this, it will, you know, generally assure that it's being used for a purpose of good, right? So that's the realistic expectation that I have, or, you know, I don't want, uh, I think one of our missions as a company and why we you know, spread this word of data science, we do a lot of demystifying of data science, is to sort of resolve, you know, say that you know, this, there really is nothing, um, you know, it's not something that we should be afraid of. It's something that we should understand, appreciate, so that we know how to use it and maximize the use of it. Uh, the other thing that I'd like to say in this regard is that uh, when we talk about AI and uh, you know, all these tools and technologies, a lot of the value in the future, you know, even for us as individuals, will come in how we use it to help us make better decisions. So the future of data science and AI, it's not about, you know, leaving all the decision making to the machines or leaving all the control to the machines. It's about how can these, the insights from these machines help us make better decisions. Uh, so there's a term that we used to use before when we would refer to AI, right? So everyone refers to AI as artificial intelligence, what we used to like to call it is augmented intelligence, right? It's there to help you, right, perform these uh, these certain functions. There's a newer term that's come up, and I think Microsoft has been using this in a lot of their tools, where they call it a co-pilot. So I really like that term as well because it it showcases that you know these tools, these technologies, they're there to just help us. And if we know how to use them to our advantage, then it gives us an edge, right? It gives us uh, you know something that we can we can take with us. Given your relative experience of this field, uh, Krishna, any word of advice that you can give with regards to this subject matter? So uh, going back to my previous point, I think the primary advice that I would give is that data science is for everyone. For everyone listening in on this podcast, you know, just try to learn, learn about it, get a basic understanding of it, you know, keep abreast of the tools that are available to you or AI tools or data science tools that you can use to you know, enhance your the functions that you're performing at your companies, at your departments, at your organization. So, you know, look into it. Right? Don't be afraid of it. You know, the more we can learn about it, the better. And you know, when we look at data science as a field, right, as a whole, the the primary purpose of it is for us to 
you develop that data-driven mindset. And you know what that means ultimately is developing a mindset where we try to limit our own biases, where we use facts to make our decisions. So, you know, even if you look at it as, you know, something that's not technical, if you look at it as a way of life, and this is where I feel data science has helped me a lot, is that, you know, just understanding the process and the approach of that, you know, how can we use, right, fact-based or data-based decision-making to make those better decisions? How do we reduce, limit our own biases, our own misconceptions, right, about certain things by, you know, listening to what the data is trying to tell us, right? So it's, you know, in a, I think a more existential way or more philosophical way, it forces us to face the truth, right? And, you know, it, it may be difficult at times because sometimes the data might be saying, you know, something else that we might not like to hear, but ultimately knowing the, the, the truth and, you know, how to maximize our insights from it will, will help us, right? It will help us make better decisions. So I would say that, you know, that's the biggest piece of advice that I can give. You know, look into data science, regardless of your field, industry, organization. I can guarantee you that there will be some value that you'll find in it. Very well said. Are there any initiatives that you're working with, uh, Krishna, that you would like to share with our podcast listening audience? And most importantly, what are the easiest way of uh, reaching out or contacting you? Uh, yeah, so we actually have a lot of events that we've been launching. One of our, you know, primary missions again at Analytics is to, you know, to inspire and educate individuals and organizations about data science. So we have community building initiatives that we've uh, we've developed over the past few years that we're working on. So we do have events that we hold wherein we explain, you know, it's a data data science discovery workshop where we explain, you know, what data science is, what it isn't. You know, so you know do stay tuned on our social media where we'll present the next stage for those events. Uh, we also have data science boot camps. So if you're an individual looking to upskill or if you want to, you know, career shift into data science, we do hold data science boot camps uh, as well that are open to the public. These are eight week sessions that, you know, employ hybrid learning. We have a combination of, you know, uh, self-based videos that you can follow as well as weekly live sessions where we get to apply the concepts that have been learned. You'll also get a chance to work on a, you know, a project of your choosing where we'll provide you, you know, some advice, some consulting experience as well. So you know, do stay in touch with us. Uh, additionally, we, we also have a Facebook community that we're developing. Uh, right now, it's still heavily focused on the you know, Philippines uh, because we're based here, but our ultimate goal is to make this community more regional and global and to build a network of data scientists and data science enthusiasts where we can share ideas and learn from each other. So do stay tuned for that. Uh, easiest way of contacting or reaching out to us, so you can you know, add me on LinkedIn. Name is just Krishna Tanwani on LinkedIn. So pretty easy to find there. Uh, company name is Analytics uh, with a K. Or you could email me as well. So my email address is krish at analyticsinc.com. So that's K-R-I-S-H at Analytics Inc., which is A-N-A-L-Y-T-I-K-S-I-N-C.com. So uh, looking forward to hearing from, from our listeners today. Well, thanks so much, Krishna, for sharing us your valuable insights on data science and its value proposition to our digital economy. We wish you great success in the future. Thank you, Edgar and Finn Circle, for having me. And 
know, wishing you great success as well. Thank you. Sincere appreciation to Krishnat Anwani on sharing us his remarkable views on data science and its significant importance to our digital economy. We would like to hear from you. Share us your thoughts regarding our topics and send us a message on the Anchor Voice message box. Your message could end up on our future podcast episode. Make sure you never miss any episodes of Fin Circle by clicking the subscribe button or follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Pocket Cast, Audible, Overcast, TuneIn, Stitcher, Anchor.fm, and affiliated podcast platform. You can also reach us on our website at fincircle.wordpress.com and our Facebook page at Fincircle Podcast. This concludes our podcast episode today. Thank you for listening to Fincircle. This is Ed Angeles. Let's catch up again soon.